0: Love Talk Radio.
1: 3rd grade, I thought that I was gay, cause I could draw, my uncle was, and I kept my room straight, I told my mom, she was rushing down my face, she's like, Ben, you've loved girls since before pre-K, sure. I guess she had a point, didn't she? Bunch of stereotypes all in my head. I remember doing the math, like, yeah, I'm good at Little League. A preconceived idea of what it all meant. But those that like the same sex have the characteristics. The right wing conservatives think it's a decision. And you can be cured with some treatment and religion. Man-made rewiring of a predisposition playing God. Oh, nah, here we go. America the brave still fears what we don't know. God loves all his children. Somehow forgotten, but we paraphrase a book written thirty five hundred years ago. I don't know.
2: And not can
1: Under their skin color, the complexion of your pigment The same fight that led people to walk out And sit-ins is human rights for everybody There is no difference Live on and be yourself When I was at church, they taught me something else If you preach hate at the service, those words aren't anointed. That holy water that you soak in is then poison when everyone else is more comfortable remaining voiceless rather than fighting for humans that have had their rights stolen. I might not be the same, but that's not important. No freedom till we're equal. Damn right, I support it. Come from the same one. Ship away the fear. Underneath it's all the same love. About time that we raised up.
3: All right,
4: we are back
3: with another episode of the Urban Wire, it's episode 66. We're going to talk about a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Tonight's been a couple of weeks since we've been on, so we got a lot to cover. Um, I know Michael's going to be in here at the 11 o'clock hour. Um, I think C's going to be in here. We, we're just going to play about here tonight. Um, J.R. might come in. I don't know, um, but you know how we do it. You never know on this show, you know. But it's always a good time, and you never know what's gonna be said, what's gonna be done. But you know, we're gonna have a um, good time tonight. We got a lot of good stories to cover. Um, just to let you guys know, we will be kicking off our new show. Um, another show that will be coming on to the um, UCOFW network is Reality Check Three One Seven. Featuring C. Johnson Well, we're going to just keep it real We're we going to talk about everything And I do mean everything The first show we're going to be talking about Family drama, family issues As well as drug addiction issues And sometimes those issues go hand-to-hand So we're going to discuss those issues uh, So join us next Wednesday from 9 to 10 It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, uh, hour show um, We're going to probably change the day it just depends. Uh, right now, um, Wednesdays, I do have stuff going on, so we're going to probably change the day temporarily after the first or the initial show. Uh, we might move it to Thursday. We'll see. But um, right now, I have a lot going on for the next month or so, but eventually we'll probably move it back to Wednesday. So um, just keep keep a uh, look out for that. Join our Facebook group page. We're on there. You can add us under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, and um, when you join there, you'll get uh, notifications on when we will be going live on air. Um, also, we will be kicking off our show. Another show that's going to come to the network is 3XR, and that's going to be coming up within the next couple of weeks. We have a couple of pre-taped episodes, but those are going to probably be mostly live. So I'm really excited about that, and um, JR is going to be the host to that show. And uh, we got a couple of things that we're going to be uh, launching, I think, later on this year, later towards, uh, probably towards the end of this year, uh, probably early next year, I'm going to be launching my own um, solo show on this network called uh, Up Close and Personal. We, we, we're going to be doing interviews with different organizations, um, more exclusive interviews. And um, I'm really excited about that. Uh, we're going to be working on that soon. So, like I said, this is this is UCOFW Network, so we will have a little bit of everything on this show. We're going to have several shows. Um, I've been talking to a other, couple other people, um, and we might create another, uh, you know, a couple other shows. We're just trying to be diverse and just give everybody something that they want. So, at the time, I'm really uh, aiming to do um, about four or five different shows on this network. And um, definitely by the first of the year, we're going to at least have about three um, of those shows up and running. So just just keep it locked. Um, if you have an idea or you want to contact me about maybe um, producing your own show or having me produce it or coming on the show uh, and uh, just being a commentator for the Urban Wire, um, just hit us up. Pretty much what we're planning on doing is we're going to continue the Urban Wire. This was the, the original show on this network. We're going to probably uh, have it be more of a news and uh, commentary type of show, but the other shows are going to be more theme based And we're going to be trying to maybe launch a um, website here soon. So we got a lot that we're going to be working on. So I'm very excited about that. Um, if you want to join as a commentator if you want if you have something that you want to bring to the table let me know um next year we're gonna probably start um uh, when things start picking up more we're gonna probably start selling ad space on our shows so if you want to know more about that feel free to contact me at um at my email at s e harris h a r r i s zero two at gmail dot com and we can just discuss that um, more in detail. Um, also, we do have our YouTube channel, and um, there you can catch um, excerpts of our show. Um, also, we we have interviews. We have um, all kind of good stuff on there. So just keep it locked. We have a lot that we're doing, and I'm really excited about it. And um, that's pretty much it. We're going to just jump into some songs. You know, we haven't done a a full mega mix in a while, so we're going to probably go to some music, and we're going to come back at the 11 o'clock hour. And at that point, Michael should be um, on the air, or at least uh, close to getting on the air. So we're going to start off with um, a little Fantasia, Kelly Rowland, and Missy Elliott uh, without me. And then we're just going to go from there. Um, I got a lot of new music tonight. So, uh, you know, like I said, you know, just kick back, you know, get you get your little cup of tea or get your little, you know, your little adult beverage or get your little snacks or whatever you want to, you know, consume because we're going to um, get right into it. Uh, when we come back, we're going to jump to our stores. We got a lot to cover tonight. And um, if we don't cover it tonight, I'm going to probably – um, have it bleed over till Monday because there's some things that uh, I want to discuss. And uh, I'm not sure if C is going to come on tonight because I know she has some stuff come up. But there's some stuff that I want her opinion, that I really want her opinion on. So we might save a few of our stories till next Monday. So, um, with that being said, we're going to jump right into our mix. The call in number is 646. 646- Nine one five eighty two hundred. Once again That's 646-915-8200 um, You can call in If you just want to listen Or if you want to um, Jump in or chime in with a comment um, At any point We would love to have your opinion We always welcome diversity We always welcome dialogue To our show uh, We just keep it respectful um, I know we're not going to always agree but we just try to keep it respectful. But anyway, that's enough of me rambling on. Let's jump into the music, and we will be back around 11.
5: They think they think it's will kill you. Where I know the real you, they think it will kill you. Where I know the real you, they think it will kill you. Where I know the real you, they think it will kill you. Where I know the real you.
3: our next song. Once again, um hit us up at six four six nine one five eighty two hundred. Um, we're gonna be back at the eleven o'clock hour. If you got something that you wanna hit, hear um, hit me up on Facebook and I'll see if I have it. If not, uh, we'll download it and we'll uh play it on our future shows. So, um next we're gonna play some Drake, No New Friends, and then after that, um
1: you're just going to go
6: with slow. Another one, another one. Yeah. Stay down with my day one day. When we in the club screaming, no no friends, no no friends, no no friends, no no no. DJ Khaled. still Cowan, here with my day one day. So you hear me say, No no friends, no no friends, no no friends, no no no. Still ride on my day one day. I don't really need no new friends, no new friends, no new friends, no no new. new. I stay down from day one, so I say, No new friends, no new friends, no new friends, no no new, new year. I stay down from day one, so I say, No new friends, no new friends, no new friends. no. So ill that we had to restart it H-Town second home like I'm James Harden Money counter go brrrr when you selling out the garden Four car garage, four in summer man go brrrr cause he know you shit retarded On the phone the floor before we make it to the bed Switch up, really call started from the bottom Yes lord, OVO Sam and I'm proud of my Knew that we would make it, never doubt of Almost up, love me if
1: I had a baby mama She would probably
6: be richer than a lot of you Hey, that's luxury dog Day one, man you stuck with me dog Ever since YouTube, Big been calling me The leader of the new school for me dog Yeah, No, no, no no friends, no no friends, no no no. Still here with my day one So you hear me say, No no friends, no no friends, no no friends, no no still ride with my day one day. I don't really need no new friends, no no friends, no no friends, no no new. I stayed down from day one, so I said No no friends, no no friends, no no friends, no 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 Stay down from day one. I do know. All of my photographs, got, 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 got hate for me, big homies all certified, nothing gonna gon' take from me, follow code, study game, feed fam, fam, all black, my whip for deep bad ho, keep tiptoeing, down in church and what boy that's my dress code, all I hug is blood, call that's my flesh out, all I want is love, money bring that stress out, smoke good, I love Straight minutes. No friends, no no friends, no no friends, no no no. Still here with my day one day. So you hear me say, No no friends, no no friends, no no friends, no no still ride
2: with
6: my day one day. don't really need no new friends, no no friends, no no friends, no no no. I stayed down from day one. No no friends, no no friends, no no friends, no. Uh, I'm here with my niggas. I'm too hip to be friendly They throw dirt on my name Well that's why they still dig me And I'm tired of all this hating. I thank God for my patience I thank God for my homies I wish we could trade places Be good, fellas Boy, all them with you, with you They just power-bearers And if we ball catches, Remember, zip slow, live fast Young money No ne no friends, no no friends, no no friends, no no no. Still here with my day day so you hear me say, No no friends, no no friends, no no friends, no no no. still ride with my day one, don't really need no no friends, no no friends, young cash money since day one. Stay down from day one, so I sick No no friends, no no friends, no no friends, no no friends. you <laughs>
3: And, um, I think we have Michael online Yes sir. Is that you?
2: Yep, sure is Why are you here a little early tonight?
7: Yeah, I managed to sneak away
3: early <laughs> Alright, it's always good to sneak away a little early from work I tell you what, I said, you know It's been a long work week for me But I know it's almost over with Tomorrow's Friday. I might go in and do a little overtime on Saturday, but you know I like having that option to where if I want to go do overtime, I can do it. I don't. I don't want it
8: being mandated
3: or being mandatory Exactly. Closed. You know. I, I. You know. I want to pick and choose and I want to come in. So. But tonight, uh, we got some stories to cover, and uh, more likely. Some of these stories I'm going to probably just carry over to Monday Um, So I know Fishi had some things that came up And I wanted to get her opinion on some of these uh, stories But I wanted to um, at least cover uh, a couple of these uh, stories And then we'll probably jump back into them in detail on Monday But um, I think we had... Another call. I think Jr. he got disconnected. But uh, once again, if you have any uh, comments or if you have uh, something that you want to contribute to the show tonight or if you hear something that you just want to uh, uh, chime in on, feel free to um, give us a call at 646-915-8200. Once again that's six four six nine one five eighty two hundred. You can join our Facebook group page and leave your uh questions or comments on there. Um I haven't decided yet. I, I need to try to I don't know what happened to our account that we had with the Yahoo Messenger, but I'm gonna get that back up. Uh, have that hopefully back up by the next show. Cause I kinda like like that. So uh, we're gonna work on that. Uh, really didn't open up the chat room tonight, um, but uh, next show, we'll probably on Monday, we'll have all that stuff back up and going, but I just wanted to get in and do a couple of stories tonight, um, probably try to get off here around 12 o'clock, so uh, just depends on what we have coming up. Uh, Michael, did you have anything that you wanted to discuss tonight or anything that you wanted to tell the audience about? Before we jump in, uh,
7: um, no, I think just the one thing that you and I had talked about the uh some of the honorees of the Presidential Medal of Freedom,,
4: mm-hmm.
7: and I think that was about it though
4: okay we'll
3: start off with that. Can you tell us about that story for those uh, uh for those out there that really don't know much about that, can you explain what that is?
7: Okay. The Presidential Medal of Freedom is an award that is bestowed by the President of the United States, and it's been long compared alongside of the Congressional Gold Medal, which takes an act of Congress to grant someone. And But the Presidential Medal of Freedom is the highest civilian award out there, and it mm-hmm. recognizes individuals who've made an especially meritorious contribution to the security or the national interests of the United States, uh, world peace, cultural or other types of significant endeavors. So that's pretty much what it covers. One of the award winners this year was a, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Bayard Rustin. And for those of you, some of you may know about him, some may not, Um, he had He was honored on the – well, on August 24th is when they'll be honoring him this year. Uh, But Mm -hmm. his contributions were to the American Civil Rights Movement, and they're paramount to its successes today. I'm getting this information, by the way, from a human rights campaign uh, blog that was published on August 8th. Uh, They had stated that Baird Rustin's contributions to the American Civil Rights Movement remain paramount to its success today. His role in the fight for civil rights of African Americans is all the more admirable because he made it as a gay man, experiencing prejudice not just because of his race but because of his sexual orientation as well. Uh, Rustin was active in the struggle for civil rights for over 60 years from organizing early freedom, rights, freedom rides in the 1940s to serving as key advisor to Dr. Martin Luther King to helping fund found the A. Philip Randolph Institute. but His advocacy was far from limited to the rights of African Americans. He worked to end apartheid in South America, fought for the freedom of Soviet Jews, worked to protect the property of Japanese Americans that were interred during World War II, and helped highlight the plight of the Vietnamese boat people. And in the 1980s, he also spoke up for the rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered people, testifying in support of anti-discrimination legislation in New York. He dedicated his entire life to advocating for fairness and equality, and overcame prejudice to help move our nation forward. And some one of the other honorees that they're honoring is also going to be Sally Ride, who was the first female astronaut, or U.S. woman astronaut in space. But uh, Hmm. just going back over this uh, man's biographical information here, this guy really was an unsung hero, and other articles I have read about Mr. Rustin has really showed him to, because he was gay, he wasn't put out front in the limelight. But his contribution to human rights throughout his lifetime was very significant and played key roles in many of our things out there that a lot of us take for granted when we read in the
3: history books. So um, when are these awards going to be taking place again?
7: I believe it will be taking place on August 24th. Okay. Okay. Um, Actually, I think that's incorrect. The, the Human Rights Campaign will be participating in a thing to remember, the March on Washington, which is one of the things that he played key role in. Uh, that's August 24th, but the uh, announcement uh, was just given on the 8th for when they were going to, uh, that he would be in the list of people honored this year
3: for that contribution. Now, weren't you telling me that this gentleman was the same one That um, worked closely with Martin Luther King Yes He was an
7: aide and a confidant to Dr. King And he was the main organizer of the 1963 March on Washington For Jobs
3: and Freedom And when did it So was it known Do you think Was it known back then That he was um, homosexual Or when when did Do you know when did he, like, actually come out of the closet? It was very well known
7: that he was back then. He never did hide it or lie about it. Um, but that's why that he was not exactly put out there in the front lines because the civil rights movement was having a hard enough time. If you put a gay man on the front lines back in the 50s and 60s, it was going to make it a lot harder. So, oh, wow the choice was given back then to not put him out in front as much as they could have.
4: Yeah. Wow. So,
7: but in the eighties is when he finally started truly speaking his, you know, it was okay at that point, so to speak for him mm-hmm. to speak in favor of being a gay man and to, you know, fight for the rights of gay people in, in the 80s is when he started to be able to find that voice and really push that uh, point then.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, now, I mean, even in the 80s, I would imagine, you know, that was um, something, I mean, that I mean, if he started in the 80s, that, he, that means he was kind of a, a man ahead of his time because, like, even now, I mean, when we talk about gay rights and gay issues, it's still... Sort of a taboo. You know what I'm saying? It's still something that a lot of people, you know, find taboo. And it's just like, you know, for him to even in the '80s to be so vocal, I can just imagine some of the um, things that he had to go through. um, Yeah. One of his, one of his famous quotes that
7: he had about the gay rights movement. I couldn't read it on the air because of some of the uh, language that he chose to use. But he made the point, and he made the point very clear, that uh, it would be a very difficult road, but it would be probably the new form of a quote-unquote civil rights going into the future. And that was one of his quotes from the 80s. Oh, wow. And he talked about a lot it extensively about the difficulties that he had as an African American man and being gay within that culture as well. So, you know, he, uh, but he, you got to say, he dedicated his entire life to human rights and preserving the dignity of people of across all races and across all boundaries. And here, this guy was kind of, you know, here was an extraordinary contribution over these years. For 60 years And it really was A little known fact out there Hmm. So nice. I'm
3: assuming he's still alive
7: Right No he passed away in the 80's I believe it was Uh, He's being posthumously awarded The uh, medal But he uh, passed away of uh, um, Gosh I can't think Appendicitis a ruptured appendix. Oh, wow. I believe he was 73 at the time of his death.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: And had also had a partner of well over 10
3: years at that point. And that's, you know, and, and who, you know, would have known about him? Uh-huh. Like, you know, a like, lot, like you said, like, this is someone that's like an unsung hero that we don't have, um, the public doesn't know really much about, but he he played a critical role it seemed like, and he he was one of the people that probably played behind the scenes.
7: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. He played behind the scenes in
3: many things, and
7: mm-hmm. you know the few of the things that he was out front in was you know organi- helping organize the march on Washington. You know, just reading over a lot of his biographies out there, I'm like, wow! <laughs> I never even knew who this guy was, and. Yeah. I start reading, I'm like, geez, oh, God, this guy done all this? But nobody ever knew it. Hmm. Wow. Well, I was, did know it. It wasn't highly this public. Is going
3: to be a televised event?
7: That I don't know. I do know from the past that oftentimes it has been, but I'm not sure that it will be. Okay. I'm sure that someone in Washington, D.C. will do it because if the president's going to be out there doing anything on front street, somebody will have a camera there. <laughs> okay.
3: Some type of press will be out there. Yeah. And that makes a good segue into our next story. Um, speaking of civil rights and civil rights leaders, um, I guess Jesse L. Jackson, Jr., the son of Jesse Jackson, the um, civil rights leader
4: in Mm -hmm. Chicago,
3: is into some legal trouble right now. And today he was sentenced to 30 months in prison. And I guess him and his wife um, were caught up in sending campaign contributions for their personal use. So uh, I'm going to read this story From the Washington Post Then we can discuss it some more Um, The story is Entitled uh, Jesse Jackson Jr. Sentenced for 30 months in prison Uh, It was written by Ann uh, Marmo And Rachel uh, Weiner And it was published On the 14th as a patent DC room court cleared Wednesday, the Reverend Jesse L. Jackson, the legendary civil rights leader, held his namesake son in a long embrace. The extended Jackson family has shown up, sisters and brothers and other relatives taking over the first three rows of the Marble Federal Courtroom. Moments later, Jesse Jackson Jr., once a promising Illinois congressman, had been sentenced to prison for stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars in campaign money to fund an extravagant lifestyle. In in an emotional hearing that kept Jackson's precipitous uh, precipitous downfall, the longtime House member said that he would serve as an example to all Congress um, for failing to separate his personal life from his political activities and that he would, quote, Could not have been more wrong Unquote Um, He quote I misled the American people I misled the House of Representatives Jackson said As he dabbed his eyes with a pile of tissues I was wrong And I do not fault anyone Unquote Jackson, 48, was sentenced to two and a half years And his wife Sandra Stevens Jackson 49 Years old Um was sentenced to a term of 12 months The couple pleaded guilty in February to using about $750,000 in Campaign, campaign funds To pay for items from the Pedestrians Um to the luxurious Car repairs trips to Costco In addition to Fur wraps and a gold plated Rolex watch Um U.S. District James, I'm sorry, U.S. District Judge Amy Berman Jackson, who is in no relation, said that Jackson and his wife, former Chicago alderman, um, used campaign money as a personal piggy bank and that they were supposed to live to live up to a higher level of integrity. Um, let's skip down. Um even as prosecutors asked the judge to for fifth for sentences of uh, four years for Jackson, excuse me, and eighteen months for his wife, they acknowledged the wasted opportunity his demise represented represented for someone with so many privileges and talents. Having an iconic father came with expectations and play, and pressures, Jackson lawyers. Um Reed H. Um Wingarten And the judge noted um, The public fall Of the Illinois Democrat Began when Jackson was implicated In allegations That the then governor Rod Blagovic Tried to sell The highest bidder in an interim Appointment to the State um, Senate seat Vacated by President-elect Barack Obama Jackson was not charged, but prosecutors investigated the allegations that he directed his fundraiser um, to bring in millions for the governor. Jackson's personal life was unraveling, too. Before resigning from the House in mid-November, he disappeared from Washington for several weeks. He later announced that he was being treated for depression and released a statement saying that he suffered from a bipolar disorder. And the articles um I believe they continue, but pretty much uh I wanted to bring that up because so many times we think that because a person comes from um, so- you know they're they're a descendant or they're um from an iconic family, they think that they're they have the best interest in public, you know for the public. And just because, you know, your father or whoever in your family um, was an icon, that doesn't necessarily mean that their children are going to follow in those footsteps. And it's just like this, this unrealistic expectation sometimes set to where we feel that this person has to carry on in that person's footsteps. You know what I'm saying? And it just goes to show you that anybody can get caught up in these scandals. And it's very unfortunate that he used his father's um legacy and he used these people that supported him by giving them these uh, campaign contributions.
4: Um it's it's it's
3: just very unfortunate that he used those funds to um support um this lavish lifestyle. And I, I think that um we have to, we have to be really careful and who we support, especially uh, when we're giving this this money with the expectation that they're going to use it properly. You know what I'm saying? And 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 this goes to show you that a lot of times we don't know what people are doing with these funds, you know, and do I feel sorry? No, I don't. Because these people, you have supporters that are expecting you – Or that are pretty much vouching for you Or that are in your corner And support what you stand for They're they're expecting you to use that money To um, get your name out there um, And and they're expecting you to use that money For a noble cause And here you are taking these funds And you're using them in a selfish manner You see what I'm saying? And for you, you kind of I don't feel sorry for you because you could have had a great political career, of uh, considering that your father was um, one of the top civil rights leave, um, leaders of his times, and you know, and you could have went on and did some great things, you know what I'm saying? But you chose to go in the opposite direction, so for that, I cannot feel sorry for Jesse Jackson Jr. But I mean, we can't just look at him. This stuff goes on all the time,
8: you that's,
3: know, so I don't know how you feel about that, but that's just how I feel about this sport.
7: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I mean, we know it goes on. It's not very many of them that get caught, but we know it goes mm-hmm. on frequently.
3: Yeah. So... I don't know, it just seems like in the, especially in the political scene in Chicago and just knowing people that live there and um even knowing some people that have had some ties with people that weren't to politics and stuff up there, it's very crooked and very corrupt. Like like, you know, the whole political scene in Chicago is very just you know, it's it's very shaped. Very cut bro. So, you know, it's just it's just sad that um, he had to be in the middle of some, you know, a scandal like that, you know. But that's you know. that's just how it rolls sometimes, I guess. All right, um, the next story I want to jump to. Um, some of these stories I'm gonna say from Monday. Um, I wanted to do a couple Uh, of talk about a couple of reality shows that I have um, watched. But first, I want to talk about Oprah. And um, I guess she was a victim. She she went over to Switzerland. I guess she vacationed there. And um, she was a victim of racism there. And, and I guess she, I don't know if you heard about this story, where she wanted to go, she went into a store, she wanted to buy this handbag that was $38,000. She wanted to see um a particular handbag that was on a top shelf, and the woman refused to show her the handbag. And, you know, Oprah, you know, a lot of people think that she didn't go far enough with it, but she said, okay. She says, you know, her being Oprah, she could have made a scene and made it bigger, but I guess, like, you know, she didn't. But I have a clip kind of outlining the whole situation. Um, But it just goes to show you that no matter who you are or how much money you think you have, you know, um, racism can affect you. And a lot of people think that um, that they're above that, and really, at the end of the day, um, there's no guarantee that uh, you won't have to go through that. So we're going to go through this quick, really uh, fast, and when we come back, we're going to discuss it more in detail. We'll probably carry this over to Monday. Um but um, right now we're going to uh, listen to this clip, and we're going to talk about it.
8: I was in um, Zurich the other day mm-hmm. at a store whose name I will not mention. And I was, uh, let's see, I was I, I didn't have my eyelashes on, but I was in full Oprah Winfrey gear. I had my little Donna Karen skirt and my little sandals and all that, huh? But obviously, the Oprah Winfrey show is not shown in in Zurich. So this doesn't happen to me unless somebody obviously doesn't know that it's me. But I was in Zurich for Tina Turner's wedding. And I decided I'm going to leave the hotel. It's just me, by myself. Stedman, uh, you know, wasn't there. And uh, Gail wasn't there, no friends. I'm out by myself. And I go into a store, which shall remain unnamed. And I say to the woman, "Uh, excuse me, may I I see that that, uh, bag right above your head? and she says to me no it's too expensive and i said no 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 see you see the black one the one that's folded over da and she said no 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 you don't want to see that one you want to see this one because that one will cost too you much you'll not be able to afford that and i said well no i really did want to see that one and she 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 refused to get it she refused to get it and she started to show me these other little bags and um I said, uh, one more time I tried, I said, but I really do just just really want to see that one. And she said, oh, I don't. I don't want to to hurt your feelings. And I said, okay, thank you so much. You're probably right. I can't afford it. And I walked out of the store. Now, why did she do that? Why did she do that? Now, Gail, when I told Gail the story, Gail said, I would have gone back in there and made a pretty woman moment and said, big mistake. But then I thought, no, she'd get the commission, so I won't do that. Yeah, I guess that's true, right? (laughs)
5: This incident with Oprah Winfrey actually is very regrettable. Zurich Tourism uh, does regret this incident. And uh, we are well-known worldwide as a world-class Swiss-made city. And uh, also we are well-known for an uh, open-minded city. And this incident does not really help for a good image.
3: All right, we're back sorry, but that was just an epic fail. I mean, do you realize what you just did? Like, wow. Like, do you realize that you pretty much rejected or turned down one of the richest women in the world? Like, not just in America, but in the world. Like, if you to do that, like, first of all, even if if it wasn't Oprah, like, who are you to sit there and deny someone? The right to you know look at a per- you know what I'm saying if they want to purchase something or look at something, even if she was just looking at it, like all right, this is Oprah, like you know she can buy the whole store, she can buy your business and then take over and then fire you if she wanted to do that, you know, but they, you know who what Oprah doesn't have anything to to prove, so I think she handled it well. But so I guess now I guess she's saying it's kind of blown out of proportion. She she's apologizing now for even bringing it up, but I don't see why she should apologize. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, she was trying to make a point that even she experiences racism. It's not something that is above or beneath anybody. You see what I'm saying? But I'm sorry if I was the owner of that um of that store. I would have to let that woman go. That's yeah, ass, I would. That's bad so. press. I said, and she would be blackballed if I had know I said, do you know you just missed out on a potential $38,000 profit? I mean, and there's no telling what else she would have bought in that store. You know what I'm saying? And I said, that's why you have to be careful how you treat people, because you never know who anyone is. You know, and that's just that's just sad that you people stereotype and and obviously they look at a person's skin color and they already can determine their social economic uh socioeconomic status or or they can determine if this person can afford something or if they you know what I'm saying? It's just it's just really unfortunate that we live in a world where people judge you based on
7: What country was
3: this? This was in in Switzerland. Yeah, this was this was in Switzerland and I forgot the the actual you know, the the
8: name of the town that it
3: took place in. But I guess now I guess I've always
7: thought of those countries like that over there is not like that I
3: guess. (laughs) I I thought so too. But it's probably one of those stores, one of those high-end stores, and the bitch was probably snooty, and she probably saw that this colored woman came in and that she didn't have any money, but she was clearly, or obviously, now this, I guess I wasn't dressed nice enough, even though I had my
1: expensive rags
3: on, you know, so it's just like, I'm going to need you to have a seat. You are not the owner of the store, first and foremost. Um, it's not your merchandise, so who are you to say I'm pretty sure you're not making high-end money to afford something like that yourself. So don't assume because you're somebody's employee or at the bottom of the food chain that, that everyone else that comes in off the street is at the bottom of the food chain like you are, okay? And I'm sorry, I would have to let her go. I would have to let her go. I'm sorry, if that was my store, she would not be still an employee there. That's embarrassing. That has made national headlines. And now that store is gonna have a bad name attached to it, you know? So it's it's just like
4: let's think. Do
3: you think I know that she wouldn't publicly
7: divulge the name of the store, but do you think the word got actually back to the store? Of course. I mean, I'm just curious if they really know oh oh crap, we screwed up. At least yeah. I would hope they figured it out.
3: And like he says that whatever town that was, he says that town is known. He says he says that's that's a bad that's a inaccurate representation of that that town. Because usually they're more I, you probably couldn't hear it towards the end because I guess the store owner he made the mm-hmm. public apology. But he says that's not representative of that town because it's really a high end uh, town and they're very open minded, very diverse. And he and he says it's unfortunate that um, this incident has caused it's going to probably cause you know people to view them or fairly or differently now. So yeah, it's just it's just one of those sad things. I said niggas goes to show you people don't think that racism doesn't exist and classism doesn't exist, but it doesn't matter how much money you have. How much education you have? There's still people, even if they're beneath you, that that are still going to look down on you, and and it it just infuriates me when I think about that. You know, it it just goes to show you that you know, um, people don't want to recognize you for your achievements, um, the things that you've done, you know, your education, your background. They want to Directly look at the color of your skin and judge you based solely on that, and I I think that is very unfortunate. So I mean, it's um, racism still exists. It's just not American. It's 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 not just an American um, thing or an issue or phenomenon. This is something that happens globally. You know, so I don't know. I just wanted to bring that story to the limelight. We'll probably cover it more on Monday. Um, I wanted to get on. Uh, let's see what else I want to probably cover tonight. Uh, there's a story I want to talk about. I want to talk about a new reality show that is called. Uh, Preachers from LA And Ah. we're going to cover here in a few minutes We're going to cover that in a few minutes But um, before we do I want to kind of segue from the Oprah story Into um, A new sitcom on her Well not a sitcom, it's a soap opera on her network Called The Haves and the Have Not And
8: um, It
3: was a A soap opera that was created by Tyler Perry. And um, pretty much this is a story that takes place um, dealing with three families and dealing with their lifestyle um, and how they kind of intersect one another. And the story takes place in Savannah, Georgia. And... um, I guess the families are the rich and the powerful choir and Harrington families, and um, those are the ones that are considered the have because they are, they're the pretty much the ones that have the money, and they're pretty rich. And then there's a poor and to young family, which is kind of the, the the have nots, and um, that family I'm trying to think of the last name the young family. And pretty much, um, they're headed by Hannah who works for the Cryer family as the fam- as the family's maid. And um and they were just talking about how, you know, how a lot of their their, their children interact with each other and they just talk about the different plights and predicament, predicaments and hardships that these families encounter. And it's a lot of scandal, a lot of controversy and stuff like that. Um, And there's just different issues that are dealt with in this soap opera And um, just, for example, like infidelity, um, cancer, alcoholism, homosexuality Suicide, prostitution, rape, poverty All these issues are dealt with You see what I'm saying? And it's it's really um, one of those uh, shows that just keeps you on the edge and the thing I like about um this is um that it, it really deals with issues from a realistic point of view. And I gotta I gotta really um commend Tyler Perry for addressing these issues that a lot of people don't want to um deal with. You know that's how that's how Tyler Perry is anyway. If he's gonna push the envelope. Do you see what I'm saying? And um the upper class family is caucasian and the the other family, which is african american that's the they they are the poor family and they and it just kind of gives you a look of how things are still like in in the south, you know what i'm saying and um one of the issues I wanted to bring this show up because um there's a character on there um there's, I think there's a upper class African American family on there too, but um, the mother, she's a lawyer. She's um, you got to watch the show. I'm not gonna tell you the whole show, but anyways, her son is like um, a mentor, or like he's like a, I guess I don't know what you would call him. I guess he uh, is like a counselor, a drug counselor, and I guess he is he's been assigned to look after. Um. Uh, the the Choir families Like son and I think he's probably in his early 20s But he, he's just getting over a drug and an alcohol addiction And I'm just going to say this Like I don't know where Tyler Perry Finds these guys or these men from Or these people from in general But he doesn't have one ugly person Playing on this show I, I don't know where he finds these people I don't know But the guy body is chiseled. And I guess, um I'm trying to am so I'm I'm pull trying to pull up the map of the show where it kinda of, like outlines the different characters. Um let's see. Uh,
2: let's What's this? I'm trying to find the
3: but so anyways, it deals with this this, 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 this young the guy that the one that's the counselor. He's in the closet but he's gay and he it is dealing with how his mother, she's one of those corporate American lawyers, you know, she's very snooty, very conservative. And she pretty much told him, I said, I don't know what phase are you going through, but you're gonna to have to snap out of this and I guess they're going to be having some event going on or something like that, and she told her son I want you to find a woman, and I want you to find a woman now, and I want you to find a woman to have on your arm because you're not going to embarrass me. And and when you come to this event, boy, I want you to wear dark colors. I don't want any floral prints. I don't want any light blues. I don't want anything. So she's pretty much coaching her son and teaching her son to use women as you know what I'm saying, arm candy, or just use women like they're nothing, like they're props. And she's pretty much breeding her son to be a closet case. You know what I'm saying? And it just goes into, like, just really deep into how he has feelings for this guy that he's, you know, supposed to be, you know, mentoring or supposed to be his counselor or whatever and how he's really secretly in love with this guy, and he's kind of getting kind of possessive and jealous when when he reconnects with one of his exes. So it's just really a show where they're just dealing with everything. Um, The maid, um, she's very close to the woman of the house, and I guess she doesn't want her husband or her kids to know that she has cancer, so she makes up this story where she says, well, I'm going on vacation, and the only person that knows where she's going is the maid. And they're very close and um stuff like that. And the maid she, she has a son that's in some trouble right now but is but he he's a good kid though, but he's in trouble because of something that his sister done and he's trying to cover up for her. And come to find out, the sister, she's a prostitute. She's a, she's one of those escorts. She she slept with the the rich woman's husband and and she's just it, it's just a really good show. I don't want to just give it all away, but you guys really need to check it out. Um, it's called The Have and Have Nots, and and I'm telling you, if you if if you're not really ready for uh reality and how things really are, this is not a show for you. Like I mean. Tyler Perry is really taking it to another level. I mean, it's it's a really good show. I mean, um, I think the old network made a smart decision um to pick this show up. And um I'm really looking forward to seeing it. It comes on every Tuesday night in um like nine eight central. So um, you can catch, I think they'll play like some of the previous episodes And they'll play a new episode and stuff like that just to get you caught up But I really um, want to talk about this show Because it dealt with the issue of mm-hmm. men living on the down low And how society and even people's families Force people to live in the closet You see what I'm saying? And the, and the guy's name that I want to um, talk about His name is Jeffrey And um, I guess, like, uh, he was the son of David and Veronica. I guess they're really into law and stuff like that. And um, a lot of people, everybody knows that he's gay. Everybody suspects that he's gay, but he thinks that he's fooling everybody. And, see, that's the thing with a lot of people that live in the closet or live their lives on the down low. Uh, There are people that know about you but you think that you're fooling everybody and you're really not fooling anybody but yourself. So why not? So, And I think the message that Tyler Perry is trying to push is why not just be who you are instead of trying to see people? Because there's a, there was a point in the show where he tried to get Candace, which I was telling you about the, the daughter that was that's really out there and that's the an escort and all that stuff. He was he was willing to pay her $2,000 to go to this event with him and um, pretty much use her as arm candy. And to me, like she says, you know, like she told him, I said, I already know what you're up to. Everybody knows that you're gay, and you just need to pretty much come out of the closet. And he still denied it. But, I mean, this brings up another issue, and I think, Tyler Perry was indirectly trying to put this, and I could be wrong, but I'm thinking that he was trying to hint at it because it's been well known that a lot of hip-hop artists, a lot of entertainers from Atlanta, because Atlanta is known, first of all, as the gay black mecca, And there's a lot of entertainers, a lot of people, a lot of even people in hip-hop, a lot of singers, a lot of, Actors, all kinds of things that are from Atlanta, and a lot of them are in the closet, or they're gay, but they pay women, or pay jump-offs or groupies or whatever you want to call them, they pay them a little cash, and they pretty much use them as arm candy. They use them as escorts so people can be thrown off to believe that, yeah, you know, he's really into women. Or oh, he's getting all these women But really they're paying these people off. They don't want nothing to do with these women But they're trying to put out This public persona That they're straight You see what I'm saying mm. So uh, a lot of these um, Issues are being Discussed in this show uh, I'm pretty sure there's some critics Out there as always But the reason Why I think some people would Criticize the show because it hits close to home, you know, you and I think they,
7: that. Do you think this type of topics is something that you haven't necessarily seen Tyler Perry address in this type of a light before? Um,
3: I don't think so. I mean, I think he's addressed these issues, but this is a totally different platform than what we're used to.
7: Yeah, that's what I thought too. Because I'm pretty familiar with a lot of his work, and I've I've never seen quite this
3: type of perspective. It's very. It's him. more of a serious show. It's not. Yeah. Um, it's not one of those shows where you know where it's, it's it's comedy or it's like a Chitlin' Circuit type type of thing, or just one of those you know laughed out loud type of shows. This is a serious show, and mm-hmm. and a lot of these topics will make you uncomfortable sometimes. And I think yeah. that that was his purpose by doing that. Because when we talk about these issues, why should we be comfortable? These really? are the issues that, that that affect everybody. And I guess he wanted to show the contrast between people that may not have as much versus people that have, have a lot. And he just wanted to kind of show to me, I think he wanted to show that no matter who you are, where you come from, there's going to be conflicts. Inside of every family And it doesn't have anything to do with your socioeconomic, um status Or anything else You see what I'm saying Well uh, no, absolutely Yeah Okay we're going to go to the line uh, I think Is this Kane uh, Yes it is Hey how you doing
0: Pretty good just got off work
3: Alright I don't know how uh, long you've been listening, um, but we were just talking about some things that are going on in the media. Um, we just finished talking about um, Oprah, and I don't know if you heard about that, that incident that happened when she was over in um, Switzerland, and the woman did not. She went into a purse store, and hand, and she wanted to see a handbag. that was like 35000 but the woman refused to show her. I guess she didn't realize it was Oprah. And I was like, man, that was an epic fail, man. Like, if, if I was the store owner, man, I said that one would have to go. Like, you just cost us negative. I mean, you just caused us negative press, and then you cost us, like, thousands of dollars that we could have made. Like, it was just ridiculous. I, that was just embarrassing. <laughs> and it was Yeah, it I was saw the. Like,
0: uh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: No, go ahead. You are. Right?
0: Um. I was visiting my mom uh, the past couple days, and I was working on a computer, and she had the news on, and I heard it. I just kind of listened a little bit while I was working on a computer, so I didn't pay a whole lot of attention. I just heard them interviewing Oprah about it and what they said about it. Um, So I, I don't know if I have really too much to speak to that about it, but I would... I thought it was a woman here in the United States and I was thinking, How how the heck can she not know who Oprah is? But now you tell me it was a woman in Switzerland and I'm thinking, Well, let's be a little bit more forgiving perhaps. She's in another country and may you know, perhaps she doesn't really pay much attention to American media moguls as uh, you know, you know, so you know so I don't know, maybe she so should when we be, give
3: her a free pass because you pretty much judged her by the cover again because Oprah said that she went in the store. It wasn't like she was going in there looking like a bum. Like you well, assumed because she was a a woman of color that she could not afford that purse. And well, I'm just addressing and make assumptions. You make an ass out of yourself. So I was let that be a lesson learned that you know you pretty much denied one of the richest women in the, not just America but in the world. You denied her. You know, what I'm saying to see that bag, and she could have, she would have looked at that. Even so she was an interesting looking, she would have said, "Okay, what's thirty eight thousand dollars to Oprah?" Like, seriously,
0: you, you still assume that that woman,
3: when she came in there, how she carries herself, that she's not some typical bum off the street. So, will I be forgiving towards her? No, sorry. That's what you. I mean.
0: was. I was just trying to address the fame aspect, not the, the the racist aspect. So, I mean, um, yes, there is very possibly a, a racial uh, element to this, but at, what I was just saying is, you know, if she had known that this was Oprah, then she probably would not have uh, refused service, but Yes, you, you're you're very right. That um, I guess Oprah was just dre- you know she was dressed down. She wasn't dressed out to, dressed up to go anywhere nice. She was just wearing her regular clothes that she wears well, she every she other day, day when Donna she's not Karen, in front of the camera. But, Donna
3: Karen is not cheap. She but, may have not been wearing no ballroom gown, honey, but she still was dressed up enough to know where. Boo! This woman has some money. She has to have some coins to come in here and ask for a thirty-eight thousand dollars purse. I'm thinking. Well, I don't know what she
0: was wearing. For the
7: has a thirty-eight thousand dollars purse, in it, you ought to be able to afford something in there. If you're in there, I'd show him the damn purse. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't really paying much attention. I only half heard. All I, I did hear Oprah say something that she was just wearing some flip flops and. Um, I don't know what else, you know, just a pullover or something like that. So, I mean, she didn't mention anything about what brand of clothing she was wearing or, or jewelry or anything like that. Um, but, um, like I said, my my initial statement was just addressing the, the fame factor is that obvi- obviously the woman didn't recognize that uh, this is Oprah, Guess her one shows of the most powerful women. The country. <laughs> but um Pardon. but again I agree, I agree with you that there is also the racial uh element where um, yeah, uh, but I also heard I think I heard that the the manager of the store didn't punish the the sales lady or anything like that, so um then that,
4: just, wow, that kind
0: of also adds another racial element to it that it's like, yeah you know, so what if it's Oprah, you know? You know, big deal. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't have much to say about that because I haven't heard much was, about it. I just nice heard it
3: but still knows br- that she has money and she still knows who she is, so it really doesn't matter to her. <laughs> you know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah, you're right. You
3: a person that really can afford if she wanted to, she can buy that store. She she has the money to buy the store and everything in it and yeah. um, take over the store and fire the management and everybody in there if she wants to do that.
0: You are right that. uh oh, that she James probably, really if powered. she couldn't afford it, really she wouldn't have been her, in, her in the first place.
3: She would have made the same. She would have, the she would have acted the fool, but. She, but why? What What does she have to prove to anybody? What What is she? What, what really does she have to prove? So that's 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 my point.
4: Well, okay. I mean, my
3: thing. Uh huh. Oh, go ahead. Are you all right, Michael? Oh.
7: Okay, I was just going to say I had another interesting article here that I had come across and was going to see if you wanted to go over, if you had a few extra moments. It was about an interesting uh, fact discovered about people that know their own religion. Hmm. Okay. Yes. It's, it's a little fact, that an interesting study that was done a few years ago uh, and interestingly enough, the Pew Research Group, who or the Pew Forum, uh, we're all familiar with research. The Pew Research Group, uh, they come up with this quiz, and they discovered that statistically, atheists knew more about religion than people that were religious, and they found out that. of Catholics that were polled in this survey did not know certain absolute cardinal teachings about the Catholic Church.
3: And why doesn't that surprise me?
7: Well, true. But the interesting thing, and it was based on 32 questions, and I actually have a copy of the test here. But they did find something interesting among the people that considered themselves to be religiously affiliated – Uh, Jewish people and Mormons Scored the highest On the religious testing Mm -hmm. But the atheists Among all of them The atheists out Exceeded by far on the test So An interesting thing there And interestingly I do have a copy of the test If you'd like to Just for the sake of argument Go over it Mm -hmm. And and it's, it covers all, all the it covers the major religions of the world out there, but it's only fifteen questions long. It says which Bible figure is most closely associated with leading the Exodus from Egypt?
0: Hey, before we start that the quiz, I want to comment on something, Michael. If you don't mind, please. Sure. I would uh, wager that perhaps one of the reasons atheists may score higher on that test. Is maybe because they don't have any prejudices against learning about well, other religions. They don't have anything, you know, to you know. Well,
7: I don't know if it was that, or if in the course of their soul searching about the topic, maybe they've tried several different religions, or yep,
0: there is that also,
7: or several. I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. The uh, research really doesn't answer that.
0: I would bet you that your your explanation is probably the best explanation. Is someone you know they're they're looking for spiritual enlightenment and whatnot, mm-hmm. so they're trying out, testing out different uh, different systems of belief. Sure,
7: know, and so. that could be. That very well could be. Unfortunately, but, we don't really have, have a good answer.
3: I mean, when you're so focused on one religion, or well, you feel that your religion is right. And, uh, no, I just I know a lot of people. In general, they don't. They're not open minded to right. other religions. They're they're more focused on their own religion. And a lot of times they don't even know their own religion. You know, yeah. they don't. They they have not really studied. That's and that's one, one of the Bible. things that they proved
7: w- was finding statistically by this that people that identified themselves with one religion or another didn't even know their own religion didn't even know standard things that are like cardinal beliefs of, about their faith. Now, did but yet, they, the atheists knew it.
0: <laughs> did they have any kind of test group to try and uh, balance the the findings with...
7: Well, they don't have all of their uh, statistics actually on here, and I don't have the whole entire breakdown on it. So I'm just going by what little bit is out here. But... Just the humorous fact was that, you know, and the, these deal with main different things in Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, the, Hinduism.
4: You
0: the know. basic tenets that they, the believers should know, yes. basically, right?
7: Yes. I mean, it's things that, well, let's put it this way. I aced the test, but then again, hmm. I'm a jack of all trades in religion, so maybe I'm an unfair comparison. <laughs> you know... When I took the test I thought, well that's easy. Well I happened to turn to my coworker that I was working with tonight and I said, Hey, take this test real quick.
4: Not and he's a pretty well rounded
7: religious individual. And he took the test and well, he didn't fare so good.
0: <laughs> Not so, to go too uh, to sidetrack this too much, but did you see on Fox where they interviewed this Muslim Religious science, a religious studies expert. The guy has a PhD in religious studies, and he's an expert on a wide range of religious topics. And he wrote a book recently about the life of Jesus. And on Fox, they were interviewing him. They're like, "How can you, a Muslim, know anything about Jesus or anything like that?"
7: (laughs) Well, anyone can be a good student of anything. I
3: guess. And even if you're an atheist, they're ignorant for even asking that question because Muslims do not necessarily deny Jesus. They look at him, you know, as a prophet. They don't look at him as you know what I'm saying, as we they don't reverence him as we do, but they don't deny Jesus. And I I, and I would think that it's fair to say that they probably admonish some of his teachings but they you know, they they look up more to Mohammed you see
0: what i'm saying yeah the muslims
3: ready.
0: if, if yeah. i understand correctly muslims have something they call people of the book which they believe are people that are uh, i don't i don't have a clear understanding of it but i believe they they consider them people that are close to being muslim because they're part of uh the extended family of islam mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily practice Islam but they're they're considered people of the book you know people that you know from a ethnicity or a group of people or uh related uh, offshoot of the religion that is mentioned in the the Quran I believe
7: Yeah Well um, real quick I'll go through this test because you'll see it's astonishingly not that difficult but, you know, let's just assume that the majority of the United States is Christian-based. You know, all we have representations of all the major religions here, of course. But think about as we go over some of these people getting them wrong. Um, so, okay, so the first one is which Bible figures most clearly associated with leading the Exodus from Egypt? Moses. Very good. Well, the the choices are Job, Elijah, Moses, and Abraham. Moses being the correct answer. What was Mother Teresa's religion? Your choices are Catholic, Jewish, Buddhist, Mormon, or Hindu. Catholic. Very good. Which of the following is not one of the Ten Commandments? Now, say this again, which one is not one of the Ten Commandments? Do not commit adultery, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, do not steal, keep the Sabbath holy.
0: I would say do keep the Sabbath holy.
7: Yeah. No, the actual answer is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Because that's the golden rule, that was another one of Jesus' teachings. That's New Testament, Ten Commandments was Old Testament.
0: Okay, yeah. That was a trick one for me. It
7: is. It is. <laughs> I don't have this, I don't
0: have the 10 commandments memorized.
7: <laughs> when does the Jewish Sabbath begin? Friday, Saturday or Sunday?
0: Saturday. I would say Saturday.
7: Close. Friday night at sundown.
2: Oh. Come on, because
7: man. Jesus was crucified on Good Friday, but he had to be dead and it pulled off of that cross by the time the sun went down because that started the Sabbath. Uh, what is Ramadan? Is it the Hindu Festival of Lights, a Jewish Day of Atonement, or the Islamic Holy Month?
0: The Islamic Holy Month. That
7: is correct. Uh, which of the following best describes the Catholic teaching about the bread and wine used for communion? The bread and wine actually become the body and blood of Jesus Christ, or the bread and wine are symbols of the body and blood of Jesus Christ?
0: Wow. Wow. There are two differences gonna, there are
7: in the Catholic teaching. Does it actually become it or does it symbolize it?
0: I don't know. I'm n I am I was not raised Catholic. I don't know. I'm just gonna go with my intellectual answer. I, I wanna lean towards my intellectual answer, but I'm gonna go with the opposite. I'm gonna say it becomes the body and okay. blood.
7: Alright, and you know, not everyone out here is Catholic, so that's fine. But actually, becoming the body and blood is the correct answer, because in their uh, trans, uh, theories of their trans- transconfiguration of the body and blood, upon taking it into, well, that's even a gray area. They're up for their theological debate of a point oh. of which you consume it, it becomes the body and blood of Jesus within you, embodying it within yourself.
0: Now there, there's some logical thinking there that I did. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so intellectually, I would say it's the symbol, but we're talking True. Catholicism, so it's the opposite.
7: <laughs> In which religion are Vishnu and Shiva central figures? Hinduism. Islam, Hinduism, or Taoism? Hinduism. Very good. It is Hinduism. Uh, which Bible figure is most closely associated with remaining obedient to God despite extreme suffering? Job. Job Elijah, Moses, or Abraham? Job. Correct. Here's God. a good one. Maybe not so many people would probably get this one. What was Joseph Smith's religion? Mormonism. Catholic, Jewish, Buddhist, Mormon, or Hindu? And Mormon, you are correct. Uh, According to the rulings by the U.S. Supreme Court, is a public school teacher permitted to lead a class in prayer or not?
0: They're not supposed to, but they do anyway.
7: Okay, well, the answer is no, they're not supposed to. However, according to the rulings by the U.S. Supreme Court, Is a public school teacher permitted to read from the Bible as an example of literature or not? I think yes. That's correct. They are allowed to do that. What religion do most people in Pakistan consider themselves to be? Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, or Christian? Muslim. What was the name of the person whose writings and actions inspired the Protestant Reformation? Martin Luther. Martin
0: Luther King. Or Martin Luther.
7: (laughs) I was going to say, do what? I was going to give you the options. Martin Luther, Thomas Aquinas, or John Wesley, but yes, Martin Luther. (laughs) Which of these religions aims at nirvana, the state of being free from suffering? Islam, Buddhism, or Hinduism? Buddhism. Yes. Which of these preachers participated in the period of religious activity known as the First Great Awakening? Jonathan Edwards, Charles Finney, or Billy Graham?
0: Wow, I don't know this one. First Great Awakening? Yes. I don't know the answer to this one.
3: What was the options again?
7: Jonathan Edwards, Charles Finney, or Billy Graham?
0: All right. Jonathan Edwards, isn't he the uh the so called guy that can uh speak to the dead?
7: Well, yeah, but that don't do not does not necessarily mean that he's the one that they're referring to. It's a pretty common name.
0: I don't know enough about Billy Graham to be confident about that answer, and I'm not familiar with Jonathan. Well, you figure Billy
7: Graham's typically a Baptist-oriented, Christian-oriented uh, minister that's more contemporary, and he didn't do anything terribly outlandish.
0: I'm going to go by process of elimination and assume that Jonathan Edwards—they're uh, referring to the the mystic—and uh, what you said about Billy Graham, and I'm going to go with John or Finney.
3: Well.
7: That was a good guess, but it's not referring to the Jonathan Edwards that's the psychic. It's uh, going back to a movement um, like British and American colonies in the 1700s. So, actually, yeah, well, it, it is Jonathan Edwards.
0: Like I said, I had no clue, no clue about that one. That's a
7: tough one. That's a real tough one.
0: Yeah, you have to know <laughs> your back. history for that one.
7: Yeah. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, jack-of-all-trades in the religious thing there. But, yeah, so that was an example. So you can see the that's the whole quiz. Well, that's at least the portion of the quiz they published here.
0: So how many did I get wrong, three? Uh,
7: I'm not sure exactly. I wasn't keeping track of yours.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I got three wrong.
7: But, for example, most people – Okay, well, Kane, will use you as an example. What particular faith do you consider yourself to be, or do you have?
0: <laughs> I was raised um, Christian um, um, Methodist. Okay. But I've chosen, I kind of dabbled a little bit in Buddhism, but I've chosen atheism.
3: Okay, all right. What so, atheist doesn't necessarily mean that they're... You know what I'm saying? They don't... You know what I'm saying? So that that assumption sometimes is kind of off, too. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So,
7: but interestingly enough, that you know, Seneca, were there any of those questions out there that you could see that... You could probably picture some people really
3: missing the big boat on those. I mean, yeah, I mean... It's, some of those are more historical, you know what I mean? Like
7: more, mm. more
3: not like what's I said, institutional.
7: Oh, one of the statistics I see was sixty percent of the Catholics that took this test. Sixty percent missed the transconfiguration question about the v- bread and the blood. Yeah. And now, for those that aren't Catholic in what's called catechism and training of, as a Catholic is being trained in the faith, that is one of the great big cardinal things that they absolutely hammer home. You know, the respect for the Eucharist, being just in the presence of the Eucharist and the bread, well, it's what they call the bread, is the Eucharist, being in just its presence is so respectful because it is the body of Christ. So knowing that 60% of them miss that, that's that's a pretty big one. But yet the majority of the atheists almost know all of it. I found that just to be a little odd case of religious trivia there, that instantly, it's, it's evidently, a thing, lot of people, if like they're going to church, they're not paying
3: attention. So, so it's, it's almost one of those things like you're standing out on the – on the outside looking in you got a different perspective Than someone that's actually in it You know what I'm saying
4: Some
3: yeah, of those
0: atheists are former Catholics attention. also
3: mm-hmm.
7: It almost seems as if the people That are actually on the inside Are in the know of their own faith Aren't even paying attention to their own faith
0: Well like I just said Some of those atheists Are also ex-Catholics so. Could be <laughs>
7: Now that would be an interesting thing to see if they had numbers on that.
0: Well, if they're if they're ex-Catholics, then the reason you know, it would go to reason that because they became Catholic, they they looked into deeper into their religion and said, "Oh, hooey."
7: Yeah, that would be an interesting t- statistic to see what the majority of atheists. And I'm only familiar with two atheists. Uh, personally, and the two atheists that I'm friends with, they they were based out of a Protestant religion. I,
0: I wish there had been uh, one or two more questions about Buddhism on that.
7: Yeah, they didn't do a whole lot with that one, but...
0: Because Buddhism's the, the the fourth biggest religion.
7: Oh, I guess in the extended version of the test. Uh One of the questions was, what faith was the Dalai Lama? And a lot of people missed that one. Mm. And for those that don't know, the Dalai Lama is Buddhist.
0: Yeah, but he's part of the greater vehicle version of Buddhism.
7: Yeah, for the example, a more example that might people more might be more familiar with, the Dalai Lama is to the Buddhist faith what the Pope is to the Catholic faith. So, very, very interesting that, you know, some of the simpler things that people missed out there, but I just thought it might be a little fun fact and give us a little interesting trivia for the evening.
0: Yeah, the, uh, a little another little thing. Um, the Japanese they have a saying that uh, uh, what what is it? How's it go? Um, you're born Shinto, you live Christian, you die Buddhist. <laughs>
7: Well, you know, I could see there being some type of, physio- of uh, philosophical explanation there about the stages of life. You know, <laughs> who knows? Maybe there's something to it.
0: I think that's how the saying goes. Of course, not all Japanese will go by that saying, but uh, there—I remember hearing something about that.
7: Hmm. But uh, anyway, that was just something I thought I might throw out there as a. Interesting little trivia
3: tidbit But uh Alright well I got We got to move on because we got, to, we got A couple more shows like I might have to carry some of these shows on, Over uh, some of these stories over To Monday because most Of them are more entertainment related But There uh If we got time I'm going to cover the man from Florida Allegedly killed his wife And posted the confession And a photo of the body on Facebook um, We're going to try to get to that um, But first I want to talk about this new reality That's going to be coming on I don't know which network is coming on But it's it's raised A lot of controversy And there's a lot of people that are Petitioning this show um, Not to Make it on air And the The uh, name of the show is, uh, let me get this right, the uh, Preachers of L.A. And I think there's about five preachers that they follow. They talk about their lavish lifestyle. They talk about their ministries. And I guess they were saying how they're old. these lavish things and this, and this money and all this prosperity. They're old. Dude. That's how they feel. So we're going to go to a trailer of the show. And then when we come back, we're going to discuss this, and we're going to try to squeeze that last story in. But I just want you guys to hear this, and I just want to hear what you guys have to say. The trailer is about three and a half minutes long, so we're going to listen to it. Um, If not most of it, we're going to listen to part of it. And I just want
4: to to
3: just talk about the issue. When did it come to the point where now, because when we look at reality TV, reality TV is for thirsty, like, Attention whores like there there these are people that are has been or these are people that are no longer relevant, people that are willing to put themselves out there, put themselves out there for fame, and people that are no longer relevant, so they have to resort to an all time law going on a reality show to become relevant and its just like to me what when did it come to the point now that preachers are doing this like there's nothing positive about. Or nothing godly about reality TV, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, we're gonna go to this, this this trailer, and then we're gonna come back and discuss
5: it. Forgive us of every sin, sins of omission, sins of commission, in the name of Jesus.
1: Every chain can be broken, every shackle can be broken. You're part of the family of God.
5: God, we ask and we believe for your healing. Power and grace to touch his body and make him whole. Just by here, say, Lord Jesus,
1: Lord Jesus,
4: forgive
5: me for my sins.
4: Forgive me for my sins. I believe
5: in my heart.
1: I believe in my that heart. Jesus
5: Christ that Jesus Christ died for my sins in Jesus name. Jesus. I'm saved.
2: I'm
0: saved.
5: Ron Gibson. I'm Bishop Clarence E. McClendon. My name is Dietrich Hatton. I'm Wayne Chaney. My name is Jay Hazel My name is Noble Jones. The Bible says that I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in hell, even as your soul prospers. I believe that. P. Diddy, Jay-Z, they're not the only ones who should be driving Ferraris and living in large houses.
8: The Bible says that those who sow among us should reap from us. That's implying that the preacher is to be taken care of.
5: I like being successful. Security is a necessary part of what we do. Being a pastor is very dangerous because you have to be perfect at all times. People put you up on a pedestal that you can't live on pastors of people just like everybody else it's all about truth for me
6: from this point on the truth about my baby out of wedlock the truth about my divorce it happened there's nothing i can do about that huh? i'm a pastor but at the end of the day i'm a man
5: does it ever get to a place where it's really not about love but it's about winning
8: winning what Winning a a man or a relationship? Winning me. Winning me. You're not a pride. I am a
5: pride. (laughs) That's right. Maybe I don't love you as much as you
8: love me. Maybe you don't. And maybe I don't love you as much as you think I love you.
5: I am trying my best to balance it all. And just when you think you haven't managed. You can't
2: do Uh this.
6: If we plan on having more children, I want to be married. We have more than you, a re- relationship like I'm your, part of your, your congregation. I'm not. Don't pastor me.
5: Best part of my job is helping hurting people. You're going to be who God called you to be. You're a leader. I didn't think you could be, young brothers, until it happened to me. My life has changed. Living in the streets, dodging Willis, that's the low life. There's a life, brothers, where you can be free. I believe that no one is beyond redemption.
6: What I really love about being a pastor is seeing people's lives change. Everywhere I
8: go, I try to influence people. I try to help them.
5: At the end of the day, this is what I was made to do.
4: Okay, we're
3: back. Um, I don't know where to start. Um, so so much of that in it. And that three minute clip just disturbs me, and the the main thing that disturbs me is the sense of entitlement, the sense of uh, I'm owed something, um, and this this sense of arrogance, and um, how there's no accountability. I can be a preacher, I can be a man of God, but I, I but 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 I shouldn't be held at a higher thing. I'm sorry. When you take on that role, I think that you are held at a totally different level because people are looking up to you for spiritual guidance. How can the blind lead the blind if you are blind yourself? And to me, for you to think that you are old and lavish lifestyle, but yet the people that are more likely uh, contributing to this lifestyle are broke, living paycheck to paycheck, and you're still their their their, their Heads and their hearts with these empty promises. You are filling them with these promises that, that you know that are not biblically, biblically or doctrinally sound. And for you to feel that someone owes you something, and that, that you don't, but you you think that you should just live any kind of way, have these kids out of lot and all this stuff, but you want to preach to everybody else about sexual immorality and everything else, and you're no better. I think this show is sick. I think it does need to be pulled out the air because, you you know, and then again, I think these preachers need to be exposed because one of those preachers, I'm going to tell you about him specifically, that um, Clarence McClendon or whatever his name is, the McClendon guy,
2: he, let me tell you about
3: him. Let me tell you about this snake. He, um, this, this happened years ago, he divorced his wife, and then six, about five, six days later, He marries another woman So Let's get this straight Chances are You were caught up in an adulterous Relationship while you were married Because there's no way that you met somebody In six days and decided to get married So you were carrying on an affair Chances are while you were still married Legally married to your other wife But these are people that they're highlighting On the show So you know, I, I don't take this show serious, but I think it's a mockery. I, but you know what? Th- this is really what's going on out here. You I, think, know, I this, have yeah. a question.
7: If they – and this is a reality show. Is it is it based in some type of competition that they have amongst
3: themselves? It's not necessarily – most reality, it's not – uh, just because the show's reality doesn't mean it's a competition. Sometimes reality shows are just following people's lives.
4: And just yeah. seeing,
3: you know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're in a competition. I guess they're going inside and showing these people how they live, how they feel about uh, whatever. So I'm thinking the show is based on that, just giving an inside look of their their lavish lifestyle, um, where they live, um, their relationships with other people, how they interact, a um, look inside their ministry and stuff like that. But I don't you know, know. I really how, hope that this – How do you feel How do you feel about this? Do you think this is a good idea or is this just this – You discussion? know,
7: I, I think it's a double-edged sword. I mean, you know, like they say about a double-edged sword, it cuts both ways. You know, because I can see where, one, I think these people should be shown for the hypocrites that they are. And how that they are basically snowballing their congregation as a leader of their congregation, but on the same token, how disrespectful to the Word of God is it that what they're doing?
3: And how disrespectful is it to the people that are up under these people's ministries? Yeah, like you, you pretty much feeling that you, like, my got a problem with people saying, "I'm held at a higher standard." You know, I've done this and I've done that It's done with, first of all, it's like you bitter Like, first of all If you are a man of God And you're out here doing this stuff Then you should be held accountable You should right. and there's you. A
7: certain, I mean, there's a certain humility And a certain respect That I can give a person That has done wrong things And changed their life You know, there's a certain amount Of humility and respect That can be owed from lessons learned of your past but to but continuously case, be actively doing
3: it, and you're the leader of a congregation, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really think, and this is the problem with this. I think that people take leadership, and I'm just not talking about religious. I just think in general, leadership is just something that people think is owed them. There's not, like, any price you have to pay. You know, if, if everybody wants to be the boss, but nobody wants to pay the cost. And to me, like, these people just feel that there should be no accountability. They feel, oh, I'm the, I'm just a man just like everybody else. But, yeah, but you religious icon. You're supposed to be an example. So how can you sit here and tell me that I'm wrong? How can you sit here and tell me that I need to do A through Z, and you're not doing it? And that's my mm-hmm. point about this whole thing. Like, yeah. I don't you know. Do I don't know
7: really. Which way to look at it? I mean, I'm glad they getting are going to get exposed for the stupidity and the hypocrisy. But on the same
3: token, it's insulting. <laughs>
0: I got a couple things to well, say. I here. mean, this is
3: my thing. My reality TV, reality TV has came to a point to where these are fame hungry, thirst. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Attention thirsty whores. I mean, you're really willing to sell yourself out for ratings. You're willing to sell yourself, and a lot of times, people that are in general in these um, reality that, that appear in these reality shows, they have nothing to offer. They're they're, they're people that are washed-up performers, actors, actresses that are, or have no talent, zero talent, and they're jump-offs, they're they That I mean, you know, people go to all-time lows on these shows in order to, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's nothing good in reality. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I've watched some of these reality shows, but it's just like, when you look at the bigger picture at the end of the day, it's nothing good coming out of it. Yeah. And, and um, if anything, it's exposing people for, or just exposing people in general the human race for how low that we become.
0: What I would like to say is, with this show in particular, um, and also with a lot of other reality shows, but with this one in particular, since this is the one we're talking about, I think it would be best if people just ignored it entirely, just didn't protest it, didn't try to do any... uh, But people uh, don't.
7: So I guess my question is, what is the fascination with it that draws people to it?
0: Well let me try and finish this thought. Um, As Seneca said these these bishops and pastors they are apparently attention starved and want more attention than they already have. So I think they should be ignored. Um, Yes the show may be exposing them for what they really are and um, But it's just exposing them for what they really are, for entertainment. The people in their congregation should have already recognized this. And if they are still a member of their congregations, then they obviously are either, um, I don't know, maybe brainwashed it, wrong a word. Yeah, there you go.
7: Yeah, we've we've explored the meaning of that term here, sheeple. Um,
0: so if they're still members of the congregation, they either ha- have let the wool be pulled over their eyes, or they just don't care, or they are just, you know... You
7: know, any, the hallmark of any good public speaker, and I think that this applies to preachers as well...
0: It's a cult of personality of the, with these guys.
7: Yeah, preachers... Uh, Let's even just say teachers as well. Teachers very much understand this concept. The best way that you can make an impact on people is to find a way to be a good entertainer. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can can entertain your target audience, whether it be students or, in this case, your parishioners, you can – I guess you can pull it off if you can
0: so, if you, you can entertain charisma. them
7: well then you can pull it off but
3: it's all about so charisma it, it,
4: it's basically
7: about yeah.
0: basically this show is just trash I think yeah. people should just ignore it completely so it just goes off the air because there's no ratings no one's watching it and uh, yeah. and these guys can go back to their know, congregations Seneca, and preach to the people that uh, still follow them. I would imagine that there are people that were members of their congregations that have since left because they did not approve of the, these I gentlemen's behavior.
3: I would and, hope What was going to say, Michael? I'm sorry. I would, you know,
7: Seneca, the sad part to this is it's kind of like a bad car wreck. I almost can't help myself but watch. <laughs>
0: yeah, don't watch yeah. it, though <laughs> Don't watch it don't, I mean, it's like him... looking at a
7: bad car wreck You just can't help but want to go, huh? <laughs> I, I just don't
0: give them the my... fuel that they want <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I, I don't even know if I want to watch that Like, that, that's, just, that's horrible to me it, it's wait until We wait until talk until about it's CGI off air and, and like...
0: then watch it on YouTube
3: Yeah, yeah there we go This is my thing the state of television, what, where have we came to where we now are doing shows like this? Where's another show that's come it's, out? Um, it's because. Baby, Mom, Baby Mama's of Philadelphia. What's going it's on? It's because shows now? like
0: Survivor were so enormously successful and networks discovered it's so much cheaper to make a reality show than to pump billions of dollars into you know, developing a story and paying for I don't know actors. Hollywood
7: movies are still making money. <laughs>
0: well, I'm talking about television. That's you know, the mm. T V networks, the cable and the broadcast networks. You know, with the success of, of some of these shows like Survivor and Big Brother and whatever, it's shown that you can make entertaining television without paying for professional actors. You can get some Yahoo in there that is
7: now I got to give do, the people some creativity for thinking up the different types of reality shows out there. I mean, you got to be pretty creative. Whoever uh, coming up with this the idea, sitting around now. thinking this stuff up, has got to be making more money than me.
0: They're plumbing but, the depths now. That's that's this show right here, the 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 Preachers of L.A. or whatever it is called. Um, that's they're just scraping scraping whatever they can out of.
3: Yeah, and, and, and oh, the Kane, bucket of reality
0: point. You television.
3: Make you make a good point because now they're making reality shows out of anything. They're taking somebody, they're taking these nobodies or people on the street that you know that they're not going to turn down some money. You, you, you're you not going to pay them top dollars like you pay some Hollywood actor. You pay them little coins, pay them some thousands or whatever. And they'll get online. I mean, not get online. They'll get on air. They'll air their, their dirty laundry. They'll throw Sticks and stones, that people that they care about. You know, they'll expose themselves, their family, their friends. They'll sell themselves out, and you won't even have to pay them half of what you pay at Hollywood star. So, I you know, they they may, may not even be necessarily
0: behaving the way they would in normal life. They they may be being told by the the film crew to hey, oh do this. Hey, let's let's highlight this. You know, play yeah, they, it
3: they're up. they I mean, they're, they're poking like, them with I'm a stick.
0: The film crews are poking yeah. them with a stick to make them agitate, you know? Make
3: a better story. hmm
0: So it's not reality and TV think,
3: And I think in that's that probably case. why reality TV has become successful. It hasn't been a fad. Because, I mean, it's, it's been something that it's, it's, over time is getting bigger and bigger. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those money makers where it's easy to find. You know what I'm saying? it's It's, it's easy to find people... That are it's always on. You gonna find some people that are craving attention. They're craving that money, and sometimes they're not even probably getting anything out of it. But they're willing to sell themselves out. They're willing to sell sell the people around them out. It's so many times I see these people get on here with their families, and they just it's just a lot of backstabbing going on. It's a just yep. it's, it's just really a disgusting. Like that's why I said there's nothing good that has came from reality TV. I've, well, I've the profit
0: margin the profit margin is huge. You know, they made to spend a million dollars to make one episode of one of these reality shows, but with all the advertising and the revenue from the advertising, they're making five million dollars.
4: Yeah, they probably
3: need to spend that much money on making one episode because it's it's not like you setting up prop not like you you know you're not dealing with Hollywood like legitimate. Yeah, Hollywood not something stars. with the
7: caliber of like Duck Dynasty.
2: Exactly.
4: <laughs>
7: I don't know. That would be a curious thing to see. Well, the thing with the preachers, you know, you're paying a camera crew, and you know, you may film for a week to get one hour's worth of uh, material. I'm sure that it isn't costing them a million. I'd be surprised if it even cost them a hundred thousand. But oh no, you, you figure somebody to set up in a studio and just edit all that together and kick it out there. Boom! You got you a a show. That
4: hooks
7: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and if it hooks people's attention, your advertisers are going to pay more for your
3: slot. You know, wow, wow. <laughs> and that's that's why the longevity of that genre has continued. That's why it's it's only getting bigger. I thought, yeah, and that's know, why first, too. I thought, you I thought have TV was going to be a fad, but really, it, it's proven to it's proven otherwise. Look- yeah. Well, you figure
7: if you have a talent show or a talent search, and let's just call it a generic talent search. Uh whether you're doing singing or stupid human tricks or whatever it is you do, if you have a million dollar grand prize, you know, of a million dollars, you're going to get a, probably quite a few people come out for it and compete for it.
2: Mm-hmm. So
7: really to put your show on, you need some fancy lights, some stages and let people do their stupid human tricks. You got the you got all the stars coming running to you. I guess it's not really a bad gig from
3: a monetary perspective. trying yeah. to give them a little, give a couple of Scooby snacks. Yeah, so you know, give them a couple of Scooby snacks. They'll they'll do all kind of tricks for you.
7: Yeah, you got your contestants running to you, hand over fist. They do and the show sad. for
3: you. And it's sad that people are lured like that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. we live in a culture now that everybody wants that instant fame. Everybody wants their attention. I mean, you hell, you look at social media, and then, that leads into that story I wanted to get into, which I'm probably saying for the next month. But there was that man that killed his wife in Florida, and he posted a, a, a statement online about it and posted the pictures of the woman's dead body on there. And, and it's just like, what is going on with people? There's so many people like It's just not reality It's just like even these young people, they get on on these on on these public, they get on these social media sites like YouTube and you, and, and, and uh, Facebook. Like there was a story like, well, some of them get on there twerking and dancing and booty popping and, and and bending over and busting it wide open like a bag of pork skin. And 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 my my thing is is like the parents are just like. Where are they at? Like, what, how did they not know that your child's doing this stuff? And, 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 and what bothers me is you have young people. And this story came out of Chicago about how there was a group of young people. Well, was a guy that lured this girl to a park, and um, you know, they was they were they were conversing on Facebook, you know, and he got her to come to this park. And when she met up with the girl, now, first of all, you're 16 years old. What you doing meeting up with some boys? I,
8: I'm going to say the girl was
3: 16 or she was 13, 16. She, anyway, she was a teenager. She was young girl. She had no business meeting these boys at no park. So she met the boys at the park, met the boy, and there was a it was two or three other ones there, and they raped her. And let me tell you what they did, and this and this is what I'm saying. These people are thirsty. They have to be thirsty for attention. They posted the video of the rape on Facebook. Like who? How idiotic! You first of all, you making the job of law enforcement a lot easier, which I'm glad you are. But to me, like, what? Where's the disconnect? What What is going on to where you would do that and then post it on Facebook? Like, there's just so much, and people out here that just want this attention. You, like, you got all these people that record these fights, they put them online. I mean, and you're not getting anything out of them. You're making YouTube richer. You're making sites like World, world Star Hip Hop richer. And, and, and you're uploading all this ratchetness online. Their pockets are getting fatter, but nine times out of ten, at the end of the day, you're going to be exploited. You're going to have to be doing jail time. And these people are sitting back laughing at you. You ain't getting nothing out of that. You, you probably get some probation, some fees, jail time, money coming out your pocket while money's steady going into theirs. You see what I'm saying? Oh,
2: yeah.
0: I don't know how much of it is uh, wanting attention, but I think it's just... <clears throat> it has to be. Um, I'd say a it is also. I think, also, anatomy, I think it tough. goes deeper than that. I think it just goes deeper than that. I think it's Uh-oh. just... The, Maybe it does. Maybe it
7: so does. The culture,
0: I, the culture of social media and everything being online these days, I think as people. I can't put quite put my finger on it, but I think,
4: I'm like with the you, example that okay. Seneca
0: is talking about, is peop, these kids were, or these guys were just posting this stuff thinking that, oh, only. Only their friends are going to see it, and they will approve I, of it.
3: I, I, still think I, I don't know. Because you deal with people, these people are too, they, they're simple-minded. They're simple. Yeah, they're,
0: they're stupid. it's they, not but, yeah, definitely Making stupidity. it
3: more complicated than what it is. It's, these people just want attention. They, they you know what I'm saying? Because if it was well, about it's the money stupidity be on together, their
0: side, but I think societally yeah. it goes deeper.
3: Hmm. I don't know. I don't know.
7: I'm sure I, I, there's a I psychiatrist think, up setting up somewhere that's got a thought on it. But
3: I mean, I think I it mean, does have to do with society.
0: I mean, think about it. Level, decidedly...
3: I, I, I think it's not even as, it's not even that deep because you been with I people mean, that can't that that, that don't want to think, think deep. Because how can you be a deep thinker? How can you be deeper when you don't even have enough common sense to realize that? Hey. Dumbass, you're putting it on a social media site.
0: Well, you're putting this
3: out in public. How, how are you let's not going to get look at it up? from
0: this point of view. Let's look at it from this. As far as a societal point of view, I'm going to use myself as an example. Um, I don't live in a very good neighborhood. Occasionally, when I see something going some drama going on with my neighbors, and the cops get called out, if I have my my camera handy, I'll pull it out and I'll start recording it. Uh I don't I I rarely put any of that stuff online, but I just reach for the camera and start recording and I have to say I'm guilty of this. So I think this is part of a societal trend. You see where I'm getting at?
7: Yeah, so in other words would you say then it's our addiction of being plugged in?
0: Very possibly, I think to it's the just
7: quote unquote media aspect of
0: life. I mean, we've got YouTube, which for the past uh, um, eight or nine years has been training us to post videos online of of all nature, whether it's your cute little pet doing something funny or a music video you made or whatever, to uh, media sites like live where you know you can go and view car crashes um you know battles in syria etc all this I mean, we're being trained by the internet to do this and you got morons like like uh, seneca was talking about that go and lure a young woman to a a park, rape her, and videotape it, and then post it online.
7: And I'm the, here to tell you. The
0: cult, the culture great. of the Internet is training us to do this.
7: Yeah, and I'm here to tell you that I work in a somewhat law enforcement-related field. Facebook's a pretty cool tool. <laughs> you can find a lot there. <laughs> You know, it doesn't take a genius to think if you've hit a dead end, go look at Facebook. People will put it right out there for you. And I don't They'll know why it they, like they don't. Think of
3: it. It. They'll put it out there like a rack of ribs with baked yeah. beans on the side, just big on in.
7: Yeah, I can tell you <clears throat> one thing that I knew of a couple of years back an instance of. An individual had gotten hurt at a group gathering and amazingly no when you start talking to people that were involved, everyone says, Well, I wasn't there, I wasn't there, I wasn't there. But then if you go to Facebook and you started looking, there's photographs of them all taken there and they've all been posing together at this particular location. And not only is it date and time stamp, but they've also left comments on it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and now also there's another thing, where they're saying that uh, you know some stalkers have uh, figured out how to get that information, you know, download the photograph off of Facebook, mm-hmm. get get the uh, location information. Yeah. And find you and start uh, stalking you.
7: Yeah, because if your camera happens to geotag things, if that geotag is carried over into your pictures and if it makes it to Facebook, then your geotagging is kind of, yep. you know,
4: right. let's, say, yeah. let's
7: say every Monday night at 7 o'clock you go to your particular favorite bookstore because they have a reading there that you like to take part in and for every day for every Monday for 6 months you've been going to this place and checking in there stalkers are probably
3: going to see that trend.
0: Yep. So for anyone listening, turn off your location uh device or location yes. service and on your device.
3: And not only that. Not only that. I got to say this while we on the topic of Facebook Quit telling every fucking thing you do. I mean, excuse me, There we language. go. Yeah. Because you're telling people you're going out of town. You're telling people uh, this. You're telling people that, and then you wonder why your house gets broken into. You wonder why people know your pattern. You know, it's not even about stalking. Some people are waiting. Or some people are known to get online. They make it a career to get online, to know when you're going to go out of town. You, you put on the location on your on your profile and they know you're not home. They're gonna go in your house, break into and I'm gonna tell you now ten, when your house gets broken into it's probably somebody you know and that knows your pattern. hmm Yeah.
0: Yeah, I so, went home I to visit my mom and dad this past on Tuesday and I was paranoid as hell that uh Something was going to happen Like I said I don't live in the best neighborhood Hell man I was talking to my fiance The other day And I heard this whoomp I looked out my window My neighbor's house They had a freaking meth lab It blew up
7: (laughs) And I'm not laughing at your situation I'm laughing because I've Heard of several of those Over the years yeah, it unfortunately is a reality we live in.
2: Oh,
3: that's crazy. So let me ask you this, just and, and it's just out of curiosity because I just wanna know and I'm pretty sure listening to the audience will like that never experienced it, what is it like when you are around a meth lab or met or someone someone that's distributing meth? Or um, what what is that like when you hear that explosion? Or like when a when a meth lab like explodes or whatever. What what is that experience like? I mean, do, do you smell the fumes coming from the house? I mean, what what is that experience
4: like?
0: Um. Well, leading up to it, I was seeing the people coming and going all the time, mm-hmm. and this was at night. And then I, I, I heard the whomp of the explosion. I looked out the window, and I saw a big fireball. And then, yeah, there was the smell of of all the chemicals. It was all over the place, the chemicals and everything. Mm. And I, I can't believe that there was more not more damage done than what was. I think they were just transporting chemicals from... The garage to the house Or from the house to the garage And they dropped it or something like that But um, Yeah it stinks for like is, 24 hours
3: That's my thing If you don't to put yourself in risk Put yourself in risk But when you are in a residential area Or you are around other people You're putting other people in risk That's when I got a problem with If you want to kill yourself If you want to do that stuff That's on you But when other people have to deal with Property damage and probably loss of life. it's going telling what, how, how deep the, the the damages could go, or you know the re, reper, mm-hmm. you know I'm saying repercussions of that could go when you're putting other people in damn, I mean in risk. That's when I have a problem with that. Yeah, and, but the, they don't see
7: it the way they just let their money
3: situation.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, Seneca. They're not thinking about anyone else but themselves.
3: And I think when it gets to that point, I think that people, when it gets to the point where you're putting other people, this is my thing about drugs. Like drugs, I think that the system is overcrowded with people with drug offenses, but when it comes to a point where you're starting to harm other people through your drug usage and, your, and the distribution of drugs, I think that you, they should throw the book at you, and, and you should have no mercy on you, especially when you're dealing with things such as meth and where it could potentially, like, you know what I'm saying, cause harm to your community. I think, like, literally, I think that there should be no mercy shown to you. Well,
0: I believe that's, Madison that, that's County that's has the highest percentage of meth labs in the whole state. Where? Madison County. Uh, no. which is where and- anderson is uh
7: well actually i don't know i think i did hear a-, a new article was published on that here within just the last couple weeks and i know uh decatur county at one time a few years ago had number one but it slipped in the rankings but i don't remember who's number one now
0: But but yeah, this big, this, this, this meth big. lab blew up, and these guys I saw them scatter out of the house. It was like watching rats escaping mm-hmm. a, a burning boat.
3: I don't they were like some roaches, pretty much what you say. That's crazy, and they probably are some rats too. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> God, that's horrible. I mean, what if that that explosion was, I mean, let me ask you, could it have been, like, when when it comes to those explosions, could it affect other people if they're living in, like, a close-knit, like, residential area? Could it, like, affect?
0: Well, you remember what happened in southern Indianapolis a year or two ago. Remember that one? Yeah. It killed two um, people and burnt down, like, 15 houses.
7: Yeah, but that was just with a normal gas rigging explosion. We're talking with a meth lab. There's a lot of toxic chemicals in those things.
0: Well, this one could have been bad because this house on both sides, there's an abandoned house on both sides.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it, the houses are falling apart. You know, grass, dead branches and everything. If if that explosion had sent sparks over into the neighboring yards, it could have caught fire. And then you would have had a big fire. It would have been bad if the explosion had been worse. It could have uh, sent shrapnel over into my yard. Uh, thankfully, it was just. Uh, I, I'm not sure what. I think it was just the fumes from uh, whatever they were transporting. Uh, probably uh, hot I fire. Probably. It was. It was a big fireball, but um, the fire burned shortly, and then extinguished itself. And then the the, the fire department and police got here and put everything else out and got everything under control, thankfully. But it was crazy for, like, about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah.
4: I know
7: that.
0: I'm I'm moving out of Anderson as soon as I can.
7: (laughs) I can't say I blame you. Is that bad, Anderson?
0: Uh, Anderson sucks.
7: I heard, I seen an ad where Anderson PD was wanting to hire a lot of police officers, but the catch is they wanted police officers. that had already been through the law enforcement academy. And hopefully it had a little bit of experience so they wouldn't have to pay as much money to train them. They could just put them straight to the streets and straight to work.
0: Yeah, Anderson is not a nice city.
3: Well, my type of mindset, I, I see why it's so bad. Yeah.
2: Hey, stay down. Stay down. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, people used to say about
4: Anderson
7: uh-uh, I couldn't believe that about Anderson. I don't know. Yeah. I know at one time it used to be a nice
0: town. Well, oh, there's some parts of Anderson that are really nice. But the part that I live in, it's 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 run down. Man, I can I can just walk around the block and there's like ten or fifteen abandoned houses that are just run down. Mm.
7: There's not a whole lot of jobs left up there, is there?
0: No. Ever since the car car factory pulled out, uh, some of the other factories pulled out. It's uh, it's a very depressed economy. That's
3: that's what happened to Gary. That's what happened to a lot of those cities up northwest Indiana. It's bad up there. You not know, just I mean, Gary. Uh this even surrounding cities. Like the the car industry, like in the '80s, it used to be a thriving area. Car industry pulled out. Look at Detroit, same thing, pulled out. No jobs. No, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um,
0: yeah, when I went to go up to the airport to pick up Sunny uh, uh, from the 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 airport in Chicago, I had to drive through Gary and Southern Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's it's rust.
3: Getting bad up there.
0: It started getting bad in Gary back in the eighties. It, yeah, it's been that, that way for a long time. Yeah, I
3: know. I mean, I know. So I know a couple of people I work with that used to live in Gary. it's just, you know, used to be a lot of people had money up there. And them jobs went, and it's just bad. Yeah. Um, they say even Chicago people up in Chicago just keep just for the sake of killing. Them. And and like he was saying, Gary gets the brunt. They get the, they get, uh, the way he explained it was they get the rap for all this stuff they do in Chicago. Shooting in Chicago about 15 minutes. And they say they dump a lot of them dead bodies over in Gary. And and Gary gets the rap for a lot lot of stuff that goes on when they, he says, you know, don't get me wrong, there's some stuff that goes on in, in the GI, but he says a lot of stuff. You know, gets pinned on them by people from Chicago You see what I'm saying? Hmm. So it's just But he says there's just so much going on Man up there You know what I'm saying? There's so much going on and I think it's a lot to do with the economy And just a lot of things that have changed A lot of jobs have left the area And it's just crazy You know People have fled that area and moved different places. There's just nothing up there. Nothing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but that's about all I have for the
2: night.
3: So what I'm going to probably do is Monday, we're going to continue with the stories that we didn't cover. I might come back and touch on some of the stories that we did um, talk about tonight, just talk about them more in depth. But um, next Wednesday we'll be kicking off Reality 317. Um, and we got a couple of things coming up um, this year. We've got a couple more shows that are coming up. Uh, I'm going to be probably launching a solo show towards the end of the year, probably next year, called Up Close and Personal, where we're going to be just – we're going to probably be doing more exclusive interviews, um, probably interview um, different organizations, different uh, people from around the city. So be on the lookout for that um, and just, you know – um. The the show Jr. Is doing we're gonna I'm gonna probably air those episodes here um, within the next three weeks and uh, just go from there. So we we got a lot of stuff going on with the network and like I said um, next year we're gonna probably start once we get our get up and running we're gonna get the website going we're gonna probably start. Um, uh, Reaching out to you guys if you want to advertise on the show um or if you have a good or service that you want to advertise on the show we we'll, we we'll, you know we can get together and discuss that so um, yeah we got, got got a lot of good things that I'm hoping to see come um out of the u c o f w network and it's going to probably start looking more like a network. Towards the end of the year, next year, once we get our shows off the ground and stuff like that. So, did you did you have anything else that you wanted to say before we got off? Or, mm, not that I can think of. You still there, Kane? Yep. All right. Well, um, hopefully we will hear from all you guys on Monday. Um, Until then um, We'll talk to you then Make sure you join our group page On Facebook for updates Um, Subscribe to our YouTube channel And all that good stuff And we will talk to you next week Bye bye